Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Welcome to, welcome to another Sunday edition of We Run the North. I'm Kevin Tate, guest contributor to the BTS, BTSC Network. I'm a know-it-alls podcaster. And today we're going to talk about teams in the AFC North and what their immediate future is, what they need to do in the short term to rebuild and kind of, you know, carry things forward as far as uh, move, moving forward with their organization. Um, some of the things we'll talk about is, uh, you know, just just off-the-cuff player contracts, who they need to sign, who they need to extend, who they may think about releasing, just different different things like that. Excuse me. But yeah, so first first off, we'll start with the uh let's start with the Cleveland Browns. They've never won the division. They've never they've never won a division since it's been the AFC North. They've come close. They came close season before this one has just passed. Um, but never won a division. Now they have potentially have an elite quarterback, which is probably probably something they haven't had since, what would we say, the uh, late 80s, Bernie Kosar? Would we say Bernie Kosar is their last elite quarterback? I think I would say he's their, he's their last at least elite quarterback. Um, let's see. What, what, what do we think the Browns need to do? And those of you in the live chat, feel free to chime in. Um, well, we know that they just traded for Deshaun Watson, $230 million fully guaranteed over five years. That'll be, a, I think, a big albatross around their neck eventually. Maybe not now. I mean, but $46 million a year to a guy that will prob probably play a little over half this year coming up. I think he's a good quarterback, but I also think when you're paying a quarterback that kind of money, and let's face it, that's just the, the going rate for a quarterback nowadays, right? And before we go any farther, let, let, let me say, I'm looking at the live chat. Let, let's let's uh, tell everybody happy Easter, happy Resurrection Sunday. I should have thought of that from the very beginning. I just was ready to jump into this Steeler talk. I'm actually – just getting back from being gone all day. You know how it is when you get home on Sunday afternoon. I literally have been gone since probably about nine in the morning and just got home like about 5.15, so Eastern time. So glad to be home and happy Easter Sunday to every, everyone that celebrates that that holiday. Um, it's a beautiful day here. I'm in the, in the Washington, D.C. area, and it's a beautiful day out. Now let's get back to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, like we said, they just signed uh, Deshaun Watson, traded for him, signed him to the $230 million contract. That breaks down to $46 million per season that he'll be getting paid. Uh, so they have him locked up. They have Miles, Miles Garrett, who, who is an, an elite defensive player. And they 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 have him under contract. He's making a big chunk of money too. Not sure what his contract is. 
They've signed Nick Chubb. He's already signed. Uh, and they're paying Amari Cooper a lot of money. So out, 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 out of those four players, they have a lot of money tied up in those in those four players. But they have to consider players coming up. They have uh, Denzel Ward, the outstanding corner from the Ohio State University. Uh, he's on his rookie contract still, I believe, but he'll be coming up to be able to get paid in, in, the, in the near future. So they have to think about what they want to do with him. Um, so out that group, I think, I think out that group, all the, all, all those are probably keepers. You may be able to draft some young white receiver talent after, uh, Mari Cooper's contract is up. I believe he, he, he did a restructure when he came from Dallas, but he's still making like 18 million a year, which is, I think a lot for Amari Cooper. I mean, he's a really good receiver. I don't know if I perceive him as elite. Um, but the Browns, Kevin Stefanski is in place. He's a he's a he's a really good coach. But you know, uh, they don't have many draft picks because they traded a lot of they have a lot of early early round draft picks because they traded a lot of that. Uh, draft capital in order to acquire Deshaun Watson. So, you know, I, I think they'll be really good here this first year or two. Then when it's time to pay the piper, I think uh, things could have, things could change. They'll have to accumulate more draft picks and get some, some young talent, young cheap talent, not cheap because NFL, NFL, contracts salary contracts aren't cheap but a, a little more inexpensive players to to fill in some of those gaps coming up in the, in the near future because of all the money they're paying Deshaun Watson and they still have to, have to do something with Baker Mayfield that's a that's a huge thing too uh Baker Mayfield is old I believe like 18.5 million this year Cleveland's on the hook for that because he's they signed him to his uh fifth year tender uh so they have to figure out what they're going to do with Baker Mayfield. I recently just was hearing this weekend, read an article where uh, the Carolina Panthers are the front runner. I don't know if Carolina would trade for him and take on that $18 million or would be like everybody else and just wait on Baker to Browns to cut Baker and, and see what happens from there. He could probably compete with Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold in Carolina. It sounds like Seattle is out of the, the Baker – Baker sweepstakes, like I don't sound sound like they want to go with uh they have Eason, the kid that played the University of Washington and played his rookie year for the Colts, Indianapolis Colts. And they have Drew Locke. I think they're gonna let those two battle and maybe who knows what Seattle will do in the draft. They could maybe draft the quarterback, but it sounds like they're out on Baker and they don't want Baker. Um, but past that, I mean the Browns seem to be in a good place for the next year or two, like I said, until it's time to 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 pay the piper and some of those bills are due, you know? So we'll see. Well what do you guys in the live chat think about the about the Browns? Let's uh check out what some of you are saying about the Browns, if anything, in the live chat. Let's see. Let me... 
Let's see. The homie Michael Malley says, I'm tired of hearing rumors of Faker Mayfield coming to Pittsburgh. We don't want it, sorry, but <laughs> hey, hey, Mike, man, I might, I might be inclined to agree with you. With, but except for since the Dwayne Haskins tragedy, I think we're armed short. I don't think we trade for Baker. I think if Baker was available on, on the open market to negotiate a cheap contract and Cleveland's paying the, the $18 million that he's owed, which they'll have to pay even if, if they cut him, and we could bring him into camp for about the same amount that we're paying Mason Rudolph, $5 million. You got $5 million for Baker if, if he were to come. This is hypothetical. $5 million for Baker, $5 million for Mason, $7 million for Mitch. That's $17 million tied up in the quarterback position. That's not a lot of money for your quarterback position. And you're, you're talking about uh, Mitch, a number two overall pick, Baker, number one overall pick, and Mason Rudolph is, is, a, is a prospect that they hung a first-round grade on. So, I mean, that would, that would make for an interesting room. Um, and we'll talk about Pittsburgh more when, when, we get to, when we get to Pittsburgh. But, yeah, Faker Mayfield, I like the nickname. I think, I think he has played sorry. I don't know that he is always sorry. It's something about being a quarterback and playing for the Cleveland Browns, man. It kind of just brings you down. So, we'll see how that works out over the next few weeks. I don't know if – I think Cleveland want to have – and any team interested in Baker would want to have something done by the draft so they know where they stand. But we'll have to see uh, what direction that goes in. Let's see. What else What else do we have in here? Let's see. Wow. Pick up Baker. They're going to draft one. You've already committed money to QB. You're right. You're right. But like I said, uh, Robert, it would be it would be really really cheap to pick up Baker if that's what they want to do, and I don't think they necessarily bring bring Baker in saying or thinking he can be the starter. I think they bring him in to compete and see if they. This is all hypothetical. I think they bring Baker in to compete and see potentially what he could do. You know, um, I think right now Mitch is the guy. Even if we draft the quarterback a rookie. I still think Mitch is the guy for the 2022 season. Let's see. What's Steelers Nation 412? I don't care how good a player might be on a division rival. I don't want nobody on our team that is suited up in, in poop-stained uniform. <laughs> I can dig it, man. I can dig it. I mean, I, I, I still am of the notion, and I don't necessarily want Baker, but, I mean, if you can get a, a first-round quarterback overall at 26 years old for cheap to add him to your group to have him try out, I'm not against that. You know, I'm not running around cheering, let's go get Baker Mayfield. But if we potentially were able to get Baker Mayfield for a really, really cheap contract because he's on the open market to come in and compete against Mason and Mitch, 
you know, then and whoever whoever else we may draft because we're Kevin Kevin Colbert said already early early in the offseason that they wanted four four arms in camp, four quarterbacks going to camp. So as of right now, we have two. We're thinking they may draft one. Could be early in the in the draft, first round. Could be late. Could be undrafted free agent. But if if they do get a young quarterback, you know, out the draft or undrafted free agent, I still think they're going to bring in another veteran that's going to come in and and and, and compete also. So we'll see how that goes. But that's kind of that's kind of the, of the of the state of the franchise of the Cleveland Browns right now, and what they have going on. Um, let's go ahead and get into. Let's talk about next. Let's talk about the the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals just were uh, they're the current AFC conference champions. The defending AFC conference champions. Um, they have, I think. They have an elite quarterback, Joe Burrow, uh, in his second year, much like seven did for us, Ben Roethlisberger in his second year, took the Bengals to the Super Bowl, but uh, seven won, won his game. Burrow lost his game. Um, but the I feel like the Bengals are, are set up real good going forward. I mean, I think the first thing they have to do is they have to, they're going to have to, I mean, you may as well start negotiating and start thinking about what you want to pay Joe Burrow right now. Uh, he's already got into a Super Bowl. He's 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 really good. I don't know if he's top five right now. I think he's ascending to potentially being a top five as some, as some of the older guys uh, come off the board. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is getting older. Tom Brady is getting older. Guys like Russell Wilson is, what, 30, 33? 33 years old. So some of some of the guys that are that have always been really good are getting older. And just like with anything else, you know, the 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 young guys are coming up. They're coming for those spots. I think Joe Burrow is one of those guys. Like I said, if he's not top five right now, he's probably top 10, definitely. Um so I think the Bengals need to think about negotiating. To think about what they want to do to pay, pay him. I mean, because the market, the market only only increases. I mean, you have quarterbacks what four four or five years ago making thirty million dollars a year. Now thirty million dollars a year is is receive wide receiver money. Um, so I would start negotiating with Joe Burrow ASAP to try and get a deal done. Maybe you get him for somewhere in that. 45 to 50 million dollar range because he's going to command that type of money. He's young. He's been to Super Bowl already. He uh fresh off of the national championship in college and the Heisman Trophy. He's he's like that guy, Joe Cool. I like I like Joe Burrow as far as being uh you know a, a rival opponent's quarterback. He's a he's a plus he was an Ohio State guy. That's always big with me. So, you know, but he's really good and probably is going to command that money. They also have to think about uh in the future and it's some time away, but man, did how Jamar Chase came on the scene. Jamar Chase is gonna is gonna command some big money too. And we see where receivers are getting already now. So 
maybe as soon as possible after this next year coming up, maybe you talk to Jamar Chase and lock him in early for a $25 million a year contract. I, I don't know what that looks like, um, but I know the market the market only increases with the, the NFL, these, these TV contracts and all, all the different revenue the, the NFL brings in. Obviously, the money is there. If the money wasn't there, they wouldn't be uh, paying out these ex exorbitant numbers on these contracts. But, uh, yeah, so Jamar Chase will be get some time away. He was just a rookie, so they still can can keep him for the next few years and, and pick up his fifth-year option. They, they have control of him, but if you, you, if you want to project for the future and be fiscally responsible – Maybe you start talking talking about that contract after this next season if he has another great season. You go ahead and give him money up front. So then when, when he's up for his contract, receivers could be at that point could be getting 35, 40 million. Who knows with the way these contracts are going? I say you go ahead and give him money early. He's a rookie. He could get injured. He would, I mean, I would be amenable to taking money early if I was in his position. $25 million a year is nothing to sneeze at. Go ahead and try and you know get him get him situated, get that contract. Uh, I think the the Bengals have Joe Mixon under contract already. I mean, he's a running back, so when his contract is up, they'll be looking to pay him less money, or replace him in the draft with with someone else. Um, on defense, they have Jesse Bates, their safety. They just franchise tendered him. I believe that mean means he's making uh what the what the top five safeties are making on average. So next year they'll have to make a decision on him. Right now they're paying him top five safety money. Next year they'll have to make a decision on him. Uh then they have then back to the office, they have those receivers that they have to think about outside of Jamar Chase, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd is a good slot receiver, but at some point, you got to believe the Bengals are going to be priced out the market of keeping all the, all the three receivers that they have. I mean, if Christian Kirk can make $18 million a year, I believe he signed, was it like five years, $80 million? That's like, what, $17.8, $17.5 million a year? You got to believe T. Higgins, when he's up, will be able to make that kind of money if Christian Kirk can make that kind of money coming from Arizona. But, you know, uh, the Bengals just picked up some some offensive linemen and free agency. I believe they're paying uh, Lavelle Collins from the Dallas Cowboys $10 million a year, nine, nine, $10 million a year. It's almost like Chooks money, what we're paying Chooks. Um, so the Bengals still have a young team. They do have some players they're paying. We know they're paying Mike Hilton like $8 million dollars a year on that defensive side of the ball. Um, I think they're in a good place, but like every other franchise that, they have, that has already found that guy, as far as the quarterback position, hey, at some point, if you got that guy, you got a budget, plan, and strategize around paying that guy and then, and then implementing pieces around that player, around that quarterback, they can help win games, but don't necessarily break the bank because your quarterback is breaking the bank because you have you have a you you would already have an elite quarterback, and that's that's where we want to be. I mean, 
it's tough to, to, to see these quarterbacks making this much money and there's a salary cap and a certain, you know, I believe it is quarterbacks that make over 12% of their team's salary cap. They hit 12% against the team's salary cap. More than 12% haven't won a Super Bowl. So, you know, you pay these quarterbacks big money and the trouble is putting pieces around them to make a complete team. But it's a catch-22 because if you don't have the quarterback, then it really doesn't matter the pieces that you have, you know? So, but the Bengals, like I said, they're in a good place. Need to go ahead and think about paying Joe Burrow. Think about get ahead of the Jamar Chase thing and Joe Burrow both. Uh, figure out what they're going to do with their safety, Jesse Bates. And, like, T. Higgins will be coming up. You know, so they, they, they have some things they have to do. I don't know how good the Bengals front office is. I'm not really that familiar with it. I know the Browns have Andrew Barry. He seems to be pretty good. The Browns have been acquiring, the Browns have been acquiring a lot of talent since he's been there. Um, the Bengals, I know Mike Brown, he's getting old. I don't know if he still handles the day-to-day operations. I couldn't even tell you who the Bengals general manager is. I'm not hip. If anybody knows, put that in the live chat. It'll be interesting to know who, who that might be. Uh, now let's talk about well, first, let's see. Let's see if there's any anything about the Bengals here in the live chat. What what you guys are saying? Um, okay, it's another another Baker comment. Steeler Nation four one two Baker is going to a team that is a re, is, is in a rebuilding process. I can see that. I can see Baker. Potentially, if it's if it's for the right right money, the cheap, they're not paying the the, the eighteen million Cleveland's on the hook for. I can see them going to uh, Tampa Bay and sitting behind Tom Brady. I can see that happening. I mean, you know, Baker goes there and sits behind the goat. Now they do have Kyle Trask, who they drafted last year out of Florida. But if, like I said, even with Tampa Bay, if it's for the right deal and you're not, you're not on the hook for the eighteen million. If it's pretty cheap, I mean, is Tampa Bay against bringing Baker in and letting him compete for the backup quarterback and having learned behind Tom Brady for the next year? I don't know. Seems like something that could potentially happen. But what do I know, guys? Um, let's see. Is this his third year? This and two more rookie deals. Hey, Kathy, how are you? Who 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 are you talking to? Or, or were you talking to someone in the live chat with this with this comment? I'm not sure. Let us know. Okay, now let's jump on to the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore has some things going on. Baltimore, first and foremost, most immediately, has to uh, get the Lamar Jackson deal worked out. Um, is this Lamar Jackson's? Is this his fifth year? This this year is his fifth year, I believe. So they've obviously picked up the fifth year option, but they haven't got anything done long term. Um, and the way the quarterback market has exploded, 
with the Aaron Rodgers, 50 million, Patrick Mahomes with the 10 year, 450 million, Dak Prescott got big money. I believe he got 75 million this past year, guaranteed. A lot of that, a lot of his money was front loaded, but he did get 75 million guaranteed. You got, you know, uh, Russell Wilson getting traded to Seattle. He's still making about 40 million a year. You got Deshaun Watson just signed for the fully guaranteed 230 million. I mean, so you look at these quarterback numbers. Lamar Jackson has been an MVP. Lamar Jackson has taken Baltimore to the playoffs both his prior years uh, before, like, up until this past one, and he was injured. I believe they were like eight and three when he got injured. Um, Lamar Jackson saved John Harbaugh's job. Wang Harbs saved his job because when he was rolling with Flacco before Lamar Jackson started playing the second half of his rookie season, Wang Harbs was in trouble. He was in trouble. Uh, so the going rate for a quarterback is between for an elite quarterback is 45 to 50 million. I got to think Lamar Jackson thinks he's elite. I don't think he's an elite passer in the passing game. I don't. I think he's uh, an elite playmaker from the pocket. I think he wins games. I think he, I know he's won the most games all time by the age of 25, passing Dan Marino for that. Um, yeah, Lamar Jackson's really good. He's really good at, at leading teams to win wins on the football field. Again, may not be the purest passer, may not drop back all the time, make all the right reads. But with that and what we're talking about, there's a short shelf life potentially if Lamar Jackson never becomes elite in the passing game. And I think that's what the Ravens are kind of dragging their feet about right now. I, they want to pay him, but they may not want to pay him as long as Lamar Jackson is going to want to get paid. I could see Baltimore offering something like three years, $150 million fully guaranteed. That makes sense. You go ahead, you're paying them top quarterback money for the next three years. Uh, you're not locked in long term. If he gets hurt with his style of play right now, he doesn't become he doesn't become more efficient and, and elite in the passing game. Then in three years, then you you move on or you renegotiate the contract and and pay him what he's worth what he's worth at that time. He could blow up and, and be worth more in three years if you if you don't want to give him a long-term deal. I mean, that could benefit the player or it could benefit the team. I can see it going either way. Uh, but Lamar Jackson's really good. And his, I believe his mother is his agent, and they're working on he he's not worried about the contract because he saw he's seen Kirk Cousins be one of the highest paid quarterbacks over the past five or six seasons. And he started with franchise tag in Washington, the second franchise tag in Washington. It made big money. Then he goes to Minnesota, and his, I believe his first contract was, I can't remember the exact numbers on it, but I remember it seemed like it was $84 million fully guaranteed at that time. 
And then since then, Kirk Cousins signed like another one or two year deals where he's getting big quarterback money. Kirk, Kirk Cousins has arguably made top five quarterback money over the past six or five or six years playing in Minnesota, never being really good, never winning the Super Bowl. Obviously, never winning the Super Bowl, never going, making a deep playoff run. They did have the one year where they were, uh, where where they beat where they beat New Orleans, but that year, Case Keenum was playing quarterback, but Kirk Cousins finds a way to latch on to these teams and plays good enough to get paid. I mean, he puts up numbers, but he's not he 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 may not lose you games. But he's not going to win you games either. And if you're making elite quarterback money, we're talking in the forties and forty fives of millions. You have to be elite. You have to be a force multiplier. I don't know that Kirk Cousins is that. But we got on Kirk Cousins because we're talking about Lamar Jackson's contract, and maybe that's the route Lamar Jackson goes. Go ahead, he gets he gets franchised. This is his fifth year option. They don't extend him. He he waits the year after this after this season coming up the twenty twenty three season gets franchised. The franchise tag, exclusive franchise tag, uh, calls for a quarterback that season will probably be around forty five million for one season. He could do that and then get franchised again and have it go up 20, 20%. So we're talking like close to 55 million. So who knows what will happen with Lamar Jackson, but we'll we'll see. Other other things on Baltimore, as far as Baltimore's building, I think they're getting kind of old on the D-line. They drafted the edge rusher from Penn State last year, Oway. They just brought back Calais Campbell. I don't think that's for a really big contract. He's a veteran. He wants to stay in Baltimore. They have a lot of money tied up, tied up in their cornerbacks, Marcus Peters and Humphrey, Marlon Humphrey and Marlon Humphrey. I was about to say Bobby Humphrey. That was his dad. He used to be a running back for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I'm old enough to, to know that. His dad also played at Alabama, too, was a running back. I think he might have played for Gene Stallings at Alabama, not Bear Bryant. Maybe Gene Stallings. I think that's who it was. But yeah, they had a lot of money tied up in there with their cornerback. And they just brought the safety Marcus Williams in from uh, New Orleans. He's making a lot of money. So they have a lot of money tied up in that secondary. Uh, and Lamar Jackson has to get paid. They don't have a lot of money tied up in receiver. They still have. They still have uh, Hollywood Brown on his rookie deal. They could probably let him walk. I mean, I don't know that he gets elite receiver money. He doesn't get – he shouldn't sniff $20 million, in my opinion. Uh, they just drafted the kid last year out of Minnesota, Bateman. Uh, Sammy Brown left. Sammy Brown – Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins left. He uh, just signed with Green Bay. They have the kid from the University of Texas, Pierman. I can't remember his name. The kick returner guy. He's really, really, really fast. Um, so they don't have a lot of money. They have Mark Andrews making good tight end money, probably top five money. Uh, and and they're they're linemen. The kid coming back from injury played at Notre Dame. Can't remember his name, but he's. He's he's making making a good bit of money. So 
Baltimore has to, have, has to figure out what they're going to do with Lamar Jackson. Once they figure that out, that's the biggest piece to the puzzle. Then they can make some of these other moves and see what they really what what they really have going on. Um, they have running back room that's this on rookie contracts or not yet getting paid. Um, yeah, but and, and Eric DeCosta is a great GM, so I feel like Baltimore is in a good place far as far as organizational structure and management and the you know the general manager and the coach. Even though we don't like Wayne Harbs, he's he's a good coach. He wins games, takes a lot of risk. Um. So yeah, so that's I think that pretty much covers Baltimore and what we think they have going on for now. Uh now let's talk about our Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm sure the the live chat will be jumping in on this one and giving your thoughts about. What what do we think Pittsburgh is going to be doing in the immediate future moving forward? Um, let's see. Where do we start? Let's start at the quarterback position. We know we just signed Mitch Trubisky to a two-year, $14.2 million contract. Uh, heavy, heavily incentive-laden contract. So if, if he reaches different markers and goals in the scope of the contract, he can make more money. I mean, I would love to see Mitch Trubisky get the full two years, $28 million because if he, if he gets that, that means he performed well and we went to a Super Bowl and he went to some Pro Bowls and all the things we want to see. Uh, we have Mason Rudolph in the room for this sign of their one-year contract for $5 million this upcoming season. Um, I think we still – I'm anxious to see what Mitch will do this year. But I, I still think we have to try and draft the quarterback. Not saying it has to be this year. They could load up everywhere else this year and draft a quarterback next year. Um, but I, I think I personally think Kevin Colbert wants to draft a quarterback because as we know, after the draft, we'll be hiring a new GM. And I don't know if Kevin Colbert wants to put that responsibility into the hands of a new GM. Um, so I could potentially see him draft a quarterback this year. In the, uh, in the first round, I've been seeing a lot of things, uh, potential trade-ups for the Steelers. I don't know how how uh, sourced it is. I've heard Pittsburgh potentially has a deal in place with Minnesota, the Vikings, to move up to move up to twelve. Uh, they would give their obviously give pick twenty, pick eighty four this year in the twenty twenty two draft. And the next year, third of 2023, third to move up to 12. And that's if one of the following players was available at 12, that being Malik Willis, that being Derek Stingley, that being Kyle Hamilton, that being Jordan Davis. If one of those four players are available at pick 12, 
then the Steelers could potentially be trading up to that spot to go get one of those guys. Uh, I would rank those guys in the order Malik Willis one, probably, probably Kyle Hamilton two, since we need we need a strong safety. But the quarterback, if if Willis is there, supersedes that need for strong safety in the draft, and they would go quarterback because he's been their guy all along, Malik Willis. But Kyle Hamilton would rank two on that list. I think Derek Stingley would be three, just because the Steelers for a long, long time, have never had a real true number one shutdown corner. Like, go get that guy and, you know, take him out the game. You you have that half of the field. You take care of that half of the field as far as coverage. They've never had that guy. I mean, I think Joe Hayden was that guy in his prime in Cleveland. But when we got a good, a good solid Joe Hayden for a lot of years. Don't mistake me about that. But he was not, he was not Stefan Gilmore in his prime, Darrell Revis in his prime, those guys like that. When, when Pittsburgh got him, Joe Hayden may have been that guy when he was in his prime in Cleveland, but not when Pittsburgh got him. Um, so I would rank Derek Stingley third on that list and Jordan Davis fourth. Uh, I like Jordan Davis a lot. I think he's definitely a, a big time run stopper. Um, that would that would definitely improve our defense. Uh, keep those linebackers clean. I believe that would keep Miles Jack clean, Devin Bush. That would it, keep both those guys guys clean. I believe Devin Bush will have a bounce back season this year, uh, being another year removed from his, his injury. Um, but Jordan Davis, they say Jordan Davis is a is a two down player, and I and I, I know what they mean. He, he's definitely first or second down run stopper. But when a guy is that big and that athletic and that strong, just the fact that he can push the pocket from the from the from the center of the offense, the, you know that that a, a and B gap, he, that he can push push the push the offensive line and call and give give push is going to open things up for everyone else. So even though him he himself may not be an elite or skilled pass rusher. At this moment, as of today, doesn't mean he can't be that, but doesn't mean that he doesn't impact the pass rush because I believe he does. Um, So quarterback is a need going forward for the Steelers. I could actually see them also sitting at 20, and I don't, people may not like it. I, I, think, I think they really like Desmond Ritter. Um, I think Desmond Ritter is good. Let's look at some of the live chat real quick before we finish up. Um, let's see. What do we have here? Tyrone Johnson. I'd be happy with the Devin Lloyd pick or or Dean. You know, I wouldn't be mad at another middle linebacker either, Tyrone. You know, uh, I like Devin Lloyd. I like N'Kobe Dean too, but I think N'Kobe Dean is small in stature, a lot like Devin Bush. Uh, but, you know, Devin Lloyd, just as a chess piece and to pair him with Miles Jack and Devin Bush, that could be scary. I wouldn't be mad at that pick and pick 20. You sit at 20 and he's the, the BPA on the board. I wouldn't be mad if that's what they decided to do. 
I kind of got a feeling if it's not quarterback though, I, I I think it's either corner if one of the if one of if Booth from Clemson is there, I can see him going, uh, or receiver. Um, I like Alave at pick twenty. Not moving up for Alave. I could I could potentially see a move up a little bit for Garrett Wilson if he's one of those players available at twelve. Maybe he he jumps into that into that fray of players that could potentially be available at twelve for the trade up with the Vikings. But you know, I I wouldn't be the thing is I wouldn't be mad at uh, Devin Lloyd either, man. You never can have enough linebackers, and we're the Pittsburgh Steelers, so you know we're 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 a, a linebacker franchise. That's, that's what we do. So I I wouldn't be mad at that one, man. Let's see. Ron Chess. Ron, what's up, man? Thanks for watching and chiming in. Desmond Ritter is good. Every NFL team, first round grade, 20th pick. Fans don't know. Well, Ron, I don't know that I disagree with you, man. As far as quarterbacks go, Desmond Ritter is my number two, actually. Um, Obviously, Malik Willis is one. I like Kenny Pickett. I just think Kenny Pickett's floor is higher than his potential ceiling. And I don't know that he completely gives Mike T, Coach Tomlin, what he wants as far as he's, he's mo he has his mobility. I mean, we all saw the fake slide game. And he can, and you don't have to be a running quarterback to be able to move around and be mobile and manipulate the pocket and get outside the pocket and make off platform throws. I just think that Desmond Ritter. With his four or five speeds, a little bit bigger, 6'3, 215. Um, his arm strength is probably equal to Kenny Pickett's. Neither one of them have really elite NFL cannons on their arms. Um, but you know, just playing four years and being good for four years at Cincinnati wasn't a power five school, they did have power five games. And he won all the games he was supposed to win. I mean, I think he's something like 43 and six in his in his uh four years at, at Cincinnati. Um, I think it's something to be said for, for Desmond Ritter. I think he will go in the first round. I don't know if, if we'll take him or he'll be there at 20. Maybe he'll go earlier than that, but I think he's a first round talent. I think in the first round, we have Willis, Pickett, and Ritter all going in the first round. But at the end of the day, what we're talking about as far as moving forward, the Pittsburgh Steelers need to bring in a quarterback uh, to, to come into camp this year and compete. We need a fourth arm. So that means we have to probably draft one, whether it's early or late. We will be drafting a quarterback. And we need to uh, pick up pick up one, pick up a, a vet. We talked about picking up Baker Mayfield. It doesn't have to be Baker. What do you guys think about? Bringing Cam in the camp, Cam Newton in the camp to to participate in a in a you know in a in a quarterback competition in in the in the training camp. I don't know, just a name that I know is out there as far as available veteran quarterback. I personally think Cam Newton is too big a personality to come in to Pittsburgh and sit on the bench and play for a backup role. I think that springs too much noise to the organization. Um, yeah, I, so I, I stay away from Cam if it's me. 
But uh, first thing we have to do after we figure out the quarterback room, we know we're hiring a new GM. We have to get Minka, Minka's con contract done. That's one of the first orders of business coming up, probably between the end of the draft and training camp. We need to get that done. Minka is definitely an elite safety, probably top five in the league, depending on your cup of tea. If you like the, the big heavy hitter, rangy safety, or you just like the, the, the ball hawk playmaking safety that has the range. I think Minka is that guy. Minka forces turnovers. I think he showed us last year he's more than a capable tackle. He had a lot of tackles last year. Um, so that's something we need to get done. I'm thinking Minka's contract probably looks something like Five years, 90 million, 75 million guaranteed. I'm just throwing numbers out there. But I feel like it's something looking something like that. You figure five years, 90 million, that's 18 million a year. 75 million fully guaranteed. You're getting about 65% of that fully guaranteed. So that that so even if you're not the top paid safety at 19 million dollars a year, you're 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 18 million a year and you're and you're fully you're almost 70% guaranteed. Um, so I can see that potentially happen happening. Let's see. Let's look at the live chat. So yeah, so getting Minka done, getting the quarterback. Uh, we picked up a lot of people this year in free agency. We signed them to two and three year contracts, so nothing long term, nothing uh that's gonna break the bank. Uh, we got to decide what we want to do with Deontay Johnson. I personally could see paying Deontay $16, 17000000 million. Uh, what's that look like? Four, four years? Four years, $64 million. That's about $16 million a year. So I guess four years, $68 million. Uh, guaranteed $35 million of that. Um, I don't he's not up there with making Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams money. He's 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 not that guy. Um, and I personally think I think Deontay is really good. I know he's our number one receiver. He is definitely the Pittsburgh Steelers number one receiver. But is he a number one number one receiver anywhere else, or was he just Ben's favorite target? I think it's somewhere in the middle there. I mean, Ben loved to find him, so his numbers are really good because he was Ben's guy. But I don't know. I mean, and his drops aren't as bad as, as, as we Steeler fans dwell on. I mean, I saw a list of uh, receivers with the most drops this year, and Deontay Johnson wasn't in the top seven of, of those most targeted with the most drops. I believe Stephon Diggs was the highest targeted receiver with the most drops, and he just he just got a big contract to stay in Buffalo for the next three or four years. So, you know, it just, it just depends. So, but get Minka signed, find the quarterback, hire the GM. Uh, I think that's decide what you do with Deontay Johnson and 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 nail whatever you do, nail this draft. Pittsburgh, we're going in a, in a great direction. I think we have a solid solid team. We got some elite defenders at every level with Cam, 
uh, TJ and Minka. Figure out what uh, Stefan Tewitt is going to do. Uh, are we going to pick up? We're probably not going to pick up the fifth-year option on Devin Bush. If he has a good year this year, he'll, he'll earn a contract from us. We'll have to pay him. If he doesn't, we uh, keep Miles Jack, who we signed for two years, and we draft him. We draft another linebacker next year or even this year with, like Ron Chess said, about uh, Devin Lloyd. There's potential there. Uh, let's see. Nick Cross, safety Maryland roommates with yeah, I like Nick Cross, Ron. Let's see, um that's what you choose if you were choosing. This is Steven Smith on Facebook. Thanks for checking us out, Steven. You said if I was, I guess you're talking to me. Yeah, if I was choosing, um, if I were choosing, but every team last year ran over us, giving our defense no hope. We need a Run stuffer in the worst way, you know. I don't. I don't disagree with you, but we hopefully are having a healthy for this year. Healthy Tyson Alawalu back, and if Stephon Tuitt comes back. Then there's our solidifying our run defense up the middle. Uh, we got Miles Jack, who I believe is better than Joe Sherbert, Joe Sherbert, and better than uh. What's our guy? Uh, Robert Spillane. I mean, Robert Spillane is a great special teams player and great backup, but he don't need to be on the field every down. So you bring back Tyson. You bring back it. You got uh, Louder Milk another year. You got a full camp with Montrez Adams. I think our run defense will be okay if, if as long as Tyson and, and it come back, which I believe they're leaning towards that way. So, you know. But uh, we're coming up on 50 minutes in here. Let's read a couple more comments if we can. Hey, your family. I'm out later. For, oh, hey, just me. Thanks for joining us. Tui can kick rocks. Let's, let's toast media. Says Tui can kick rocks. Uh, I wouldn't go so tough on uh on to it, man. Um, you know he dealt with a lot of stuff last year, personal, family tragedy, injury. Um, you you think about the season he had in in twenty twenty twenty, he was every bit as good as Cam Hayward. So, I think we see, you know, the Steelers is just that organization, man, where we're kind of, you know, our players are our players with family. So, I mean, with what he was going through, no fault of his own, I wouldn't say he could kick rocks. We'll see where his head is at this year and see what he wants to, what he wants to do. I think we need to know something for certain before the draft gets here. So we're into the countdown for that the last, what, 10 or 11 days before the, before the draft. So I think Tua has to let them definitively know something coming up relatively soon. I think we're going to trade up and get Willis at eight or nine. This is Lucas Brassy at eight or nine and still keep our 20 pick. I don't know, man. I don't know about that one. Huh? What do you trade up to get to eight or nine? I mean, you probably have to have a team that, that what, at nine, I believe, is Seattle. At eight is Atlanta. 
both need their picks. How do you trade up to eight or nine and keep 20? I mean, what do you have to give up for that? Do you, you'd have to trade Mink or TJ? I mean, that at the very least, or mortgage your complete future, you'd have to give up your 2023 first, 2024 first, and something else. I mean, so I, I don't see that one happening and keeping 20. Now, you can maybe move up there and give up 20 and some other uh, draft capital, but you're not going to keep 20 and get eight or nine. Not going to happen. I agree, Ron. Tua's family went through, Tua and his family went through a lot. But okay, Steeler people, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Um, Thanks for joining us for this Sunday edition of We Run the North. Check us out next Sunday again. We back. Don't know what we're talking about yet. We talk about those things during the week, what we come up with. Uh, next week will be the last we run in North before the draft. Maybe we'll have a mock draft for all of the uh, AFC North teams who we think they'll pick and have a, just a discussion with the live chat. That sounds like fun. Maybe that's something we can do. But uh, like I said, I'm Kevin Tate, guest contributor to BTSC. I'm on the Know It All podcast. We usually come on every Sunday around this time, around 6.30. We did our show last night because of the Easter Sunday. So but we'll be back next Sunday on that show. Check us out. Check out all the BTSC uh, different podcasts, not just YouTube, but on, on the on the different different audio platforms. I know tomorrow morning, looking forward to, to the, the Let's Ride crew with Jeff Hardman. Tomorrow evening, you'll have Bad and Shannon White, Antonio Defio with The Hangover, and just all the other great shows that come on throughout the week, both on YouTube and on the audio uh, podcast platform. Check them all out, man, all great shows. But thank you guys for spending this, I guess, 55 minutes with me today, and here we go, Steelers. Let's go. Peace. Oh, how it rips me, but love makes me live for tomorrow.